Hi guys, welcome to the This, That and More podcast. On today's episode, we are discussing matters business. In particular, we're going to be talking about Jumia listing on the New York Stock Exchange. So for those of you who may not have heard, yes, Jumia actually listed on the New York Stock Exchange um, and they're actually doing pretty well. Um, on their first day, they opened, their opening price was $14.50 and by the close of Friday, the 12th of April, um, their stock price had gone up to $25.46. That's a growth of 75%. So A, that is a huge deal and we need to congratulate Jumia. It's not every day that a company whose operations are solely in Africa lists on the stock exchange and performs really well on its first couple of days. So a huge kudos to the Jumia team. Uh, keep up the good work. The second thing as well is we need to appreciate Jumia. Having worked in the e-commerce space, especially in the beginning stages in Kenya, I know the e-commerce space can be brutal. We've seen companies come and go, but Jumia have been able to fight the fight and they've been able to lay infrastructure that's made even traditional brick and mortar businesses think of adopting e-commerce. So to that as well, we just need to big up Jumia for being persistent, especially with the African continent. Great job. That said, um, there are a couple of things that I believe Jumia have not done well. I recently listened to an interview that their CEO gave to MSNBC and a couple of his things that he said were, to be honest, just wrong. Um, so in his interview with MSNBC, um, the Jumia CEO, his name is Sasha Poignek. I hope I said that right. Um, his exact words to a question that he was asked about whether Jumia is an actual African company were that we are a completely African company. We operate exclusively in Africa. We have more than 5,000 employees in Africa. And as you point out, the reality is that in Africa, there is not enough development and developers, for example. And we know that and we need to know and we need to collectively the startups and the VCs address that because everything should be in Africa. This is what we want. This is what it should be like one day. We need to work on that. It's not going to happen overnight. So these statements by the CEO of, of Jumia may resonate with a lot of guys in the European continent, but as an African and a Kenyan in particular, I highly disagree with them. So I actually highlighted three main issues that I have with his statement. One is that there's very little retail in Africa. I believe that's a false statement. Secondly is Jumia is a completely African company. I disagree with that statement. Third is that there are no developers in Africa. I disagree with that statement. So the first thing that he said about in, there's very little retail in Africa, it couldn't be further from the truth. In Kenya, for example, we have over 33 supermarkets. In Africa, we have over 100 retail chains and supermarkets. And some of these retail chains were there even before Jumia entered the African market. So for them to say that there was very little retail space either before or after they came is honestly a false narrative. And if you think about it critically, Amazon and eBay, which were started in America and the Europe, did not start because of a lack of retail in those countries. They merely started because they were offering a convenience and that's guys being able to shop remotely and guys being able to find a huge catalogue of things in one place online. They didn't start because there was not, there's not enough brick and mortar 
Walmart and the likes had completely dominated the brick and mortar space. But there's that, there's that element of convenience and being able to shop from wherever you are and have items delivered to you at your convenience that gave Jumia, that's given Amazon and eBay an edge over the brick and mortar stores. So this false narrative that the Jumia CEO is trying to push that we don't have retail, therefore Jumia is our only option, is false. The second thing is that there are no developers in Africa. Really, sir? Really? I believe in Africa right now, we have over 25,000 developers. We have institutions like Andela and Moringa who are training developers and churning them out at a really fast rate. And these guys are making world-class solutions, not just for Africa, but for the entire world. So for an entire CEO with operations in over 14 countries in Africa to say there are no developers in Africa, our developers can kick anyone's, any other developer's asses hands down. So this is just a blatant lie and it's just insulting to the African people, particularly the developer community that is huge and is thriving. The third thing he said is that Jumia is a completely African company. I disagree, sir. The CEO of the company is German. A majority of the executive board as well. Almost the entire development team is in Portugal. Most of the key decision makers are not of African descent. You're a European company that works in Africa. You are not an African company. What the Jumia CEO is trying to do is appropriate the culture of Africa. For those of you guys who may want a definition of cultural appreciation, appropriation, sorry, it's the taking of another's culture practices without their consent. That's exactly what he's doing. The Jumia CEO was using Africa as a catchphrase just to get his stock price to go higher and to give Jumia a bigger presence. If he really wanted Jumia to be a total African like a totally African company, he would have invested the infrastructure in the people. I have personally interacted with Jumia employees, former and current, who are of African descent and have not been able to climb the ladder because there's someone else there. And it also speaks to why Jumia has also not been able to break even in the continent because the African problems that need African solutions, which the guys who sit in Portugal and the guys who sit in France and the guys who sit in Dubai are not able to give those answers to. The local developers that you think cannot work are the guys who are going to help you guys solve these problems. So it's time for you guys to actually reconsider your policy and start investing more in the African infrastructure. And that's the people and the systems that can actually work here. And to finish this off, I'll just quote the late great Nipsey Hussle, who said, When you say follow me on Twitter and you get 10 million people to follow you, you, just, you have just leveraged your influence to add value to an app that you have no ownership in. Each of those users is worth around $21. When the owners of Twitter go to their valuation in order to sell 50% of the company, you're the person who added 10 million people to the platform but the owners are the only ones getting a huge payday. This, in a summary, is what the, what the junior CEO was trying to do. He was trying to leverage off the African name, the African brand, to make his company perform really, really well on the stock exchange so that him and his investors are able to return their money. While that may seem good and fair, I don't think it's a good thing for the African culture until Jumia actually invests in our own. 
that's the only time that they're going to be able to get actual value and derive full value of the company. So thank you, Jumia, for working hard. We agree that you've put in a lot of work. You've put in a lot of infrastructure in making the e-commerce ecosystem in Africa work. That said, till you actually invest in African talent and in African ideas, you will always remain a European company with operations in Africa. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.